Your style is unorthodox, but effective. It is not the art, but the combat that you enjoy. Man, you come right out of a comic book. You are now listening to Black Comics Chat. Black 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 Comics Chat. We are live on Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. We are live on Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. Shannon, CG, Lauren, and Mel form the Nerds of Prey, a group of ladies bonded by comics, gaming, film, television, and fandom culture. Hang out with them bi-weekly as they dig into the very things that make them loud and proud nerds. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. Also, check out their Patreon at patreon.com backslash nerds of prey. Hi, this is Anthony Rutgazer. I'm the writer of The First Hero and Heroes of Homeroom C, and you are listening to Black Comics Chat. And I want to laugh, which so I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the tweet? Uh, so someone dressed up as an Omega 4. Oh my gosh, somebody told me that one. <laughs> and like, you already know, but the comment, he was like, I think he said, is somebody going to come whoop me or something like that? And that just kind of, that kind of tickled me just a little bit. <laughs> it's so funny that you bring that because my little sister who lives in DC, that's, she knows him. Oh, and okay. so she was like, you know, you might want to like really take that down. That's like not the best thing for you to be doing, you know? Yeah. And as she's telling me, I'm like, I'm sitting there like, see, there's so much wrong with that. So, so much. So much wrong. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, you know what? Uh, like, right before you started saying that, we are going live. Hey, man, this, this, adds, this adds flavor. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, one, two, one, two. Hello, hello. What is going on, Twitter? What's going on, people? This is Marcus Kwame, and we are back with Black Comics Chat. It's a very, very, very special episode. You know, you know we love all our guests, but... We definitely, you know, have a lot of love for our guests tonight. And uh, yes, first and foremost, uh, I'm going to go around and introduce the Black Comics Chat crew. Um, Leo will be with us in a little bit, maybe about 20 minutes. Um, but first up, as always, we got the international woman of mystery. We got the Carmen San Diego of the crew, always fresh off of her award tour. We got Grace. What's going on? Good people. Good to be with you all on this evening. Uh, super excited on this um, for this show because of the female energy girl power that's here. You know, uh, I get to represent and um, like really like nerd out. So always uh, can love a good time when you get a chance to do that. So um, we'll definitely, you know, catch up with what's what's new with you, Grace. I know you got, got some things to update us on, but, um, you know, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm Marcus. And uh, but you're not here to hear me. You're here to hear our guests. And, <laughs> right, uh, right. You know, and I know if you listen to our show, then you definitely, you know, have uh, heard their show. Last week, I, I, I mentioned you would be coming. And, you know, I started to say, like, if you if you haven't heard, but everybody's like, they, they've heard it. Right. So anyway, 
the show of which I'm speaking is uh, Misty Knight's Uninformed Afro. It's a super, super dope podcast. Um, very informative, very funny, and very insightful podcast. Um, you can find it wherever podcasts are found. And uh, the, we have the two uh, hosts of uh, Misty Knight's Uninformed Afro with us tonight. We got Jamie Broadnax and Steph, Steph I Will. Um, how, how are you doing, ladies? Good. Doing great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no, thank you. No, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. I know I know people have been waiting for this and we were waiting yes. too. Yeah. So um the uh just for the listeners, uh, you know, the 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 first episode we had with um the team of MQA was uh I believe it was like last May. And you know, we had we had a good time mm-hmm. speaking, and that was during the first um season of Missy Knight's Underformed Afro. Um, and the second season just kicked off recently. So anyway, I'm, I'm not going to, uh, describe it because I know you ladies can describe it much better. So, uh, can you just give the listeners a, an origin story of the podcast and, you know, let them know what it's about? Certainly. So Misty Knight's Uninformed Afro is a podcast about black superheroines. And, um, I, myself and Steph, we host the show. We have a great team uh, that consists of MR Daniel, who's our audio engineer and editor, uh, Alinda, who's our website developer, uh, Doc Jones, who does all of the episode artwork that you see come out each week, and also Kiana Ebony-Brown um, is responsible for the logo art for Missy Knights and Informed Afro, and Steph's hubby um, does the music for the show, Manny. So... The idea behind it was a while back, Steph had tweeted out um, about Catwoman and she just had a whole bunch of guys coming into her mentions trying to mansplain her about the fact that there's not that many Black superheroines being represented. And at the time, I was really interested in doing something different in the podcast space. I had just gotten off of a podcast that I worked with rewire radio called get it right. And I just really, I really love doing something a little bit different out of outside of the black girl nerds podcast. So um, I wanted to do something on my own and um, between her tweet and thinking of something new. um, I just thought, wouldn't it be cool to have a podcast about black superheroines? So I reached out to her and was hoping and crossing my fingers she would say yes, (laughs) and she did. And then from there, uh, we just kind of put our heads together and started coming up with who we were going to profile, when we were going to go ahead and get this put together, and then also just kind of compiling all of this great research, which in large part Stephanie's responsible for, um, and, and finding out about these superheroines. And what's really great about the show now we're in our second season, um, but I I find that either if it's a character that I already know about, then I learn so much more about this character, which is, you know, really inspiring for me. But then it's great to stumble onto new characters that I haven't read about before and learn more about, you know, who they are, where, where they're from, and um, some of the creators, too, behind the stories, like, for example, with Zula Hendricks in season two. So it's it's been a pretty good run so far, and I'm I'm really excited that we're diving into this second season, and, and people seem to be really excited about it. Well, yeah. damn, Jamie, 
<laughs> yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to hog the. No, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, but that—that's what you get, you know. They—they—they they, they know their stuff. Yeah. No, but Steph, I mean, did did you have anything to add? I mean, Jamie, Jamie was very thorough right there. But... Yeah. No, Jamie was excellently thorough, and I appreciate it. No, mm-mm. I couldn't have put it into better words, honestly. Okay, cool, cool. Well, now that we've um, given introduction, I mean, obviously, like I mentioned before, um, anyone listening to this podcast is familiar with both of you. But just in case for the one or two people who's, who stumbled through the doorway, um, you know, can you, uh, starting with you, Steph, can you, um, you know, run down, you know, who you are and, and what you do for the podcast? So, um, researcher. Uh, which has been really nice uh, because I do that for a living. So it's been really nice to kind of apply that to something that I really, really love, which is comics. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, going into the set, the first season was, you know, of course, extremely fun because these were mostly women um, that we were very familiar with. But the second season has been um, really interesting because some of these women we haven't been familiar with and, it just brought a, a different uh, take on it for me because some of these women, like Martha Washington, for instance, if you just listened to that episode, <laughs> um, was a book oh, that, <laughs> was a book that was like heavily recommended um, to me at all times, but I just never picked it up because the artwork I just wasn't it it didn't speak to my spirit. But reading her, reading Martha Washington, really made me wonder. You know, a lot of times when folks are um, recommending these books to other black women i'm just like so have you read it or you just recommended it because you want me to shut the hell up and there's a black woman on the on the cover so that part has been kind of interesting and seeing that aspect or realizing that aspect in season two just as a researcher and you know really digging through the stories for a lot of these characters and just like so is there really substance here or were these women that have been, you know, recommended because folks were just like, Oh, black person. So let me recommend that to another black person. Um, yeah. I, after Jamie does her introduction, I definitely want to uh, get into Martha Washington. Cause I know Grace, um, you know, you've, you've written about Martha Washington. Yeah. So I think it'll be an interesting discussion. And I, I definitely have had a, had a few. Thoughts. No, no, no. It's, it's, no, no. It's, yeah. <laughs> A black comic chat always has room for different opinions. It's it's all good. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but um, so Jamie, obviously, again, everybody knows you, but just for the for for the one or two people who just happened to stumble in, <laughs> uh, you know, can can you tell them what you do? Yeah, so I am the editor in chief of BlackGirlNerds.com. It's an online community built for and by black women that are in the geek and nerd subculture. So we cover everything from uh, comics to gaming. A lot of entertainment news comes out of BGN, TV recaps, movie reviews. Um, So, you know, it's like a a lifestyle website for Black women who are self-identified as geeks and nerds. And I've been doing that for five years now. Um, We also have a weekly podcast, as I mentioned before, um, and a YouTube channel where you can see a lot of our video content and a very active social media presence. So, so a lot of folks that stumble on the BGN find out about us through Twitter. So there's a lot of live tweeting of TV shows. Currently, I'm all about Mr. Robot. Um, so you'll mm-hmm. see a lot of live tweeting there. Also, you'll see me on The Walking Dead. 
um, on Sunday nights. So yeah, that's that's pretty much BGN in a nutshell. I I do that. Um, I still have a full time day job. How I'm able to get sleep, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm working on trying to let one of those things go. So um, so yeah, that's that's what I do. Oh, well, I, I should mention a couple of other things. I always forget. Okay. So, and in addition to um, Black Girl Nerds, uh, I co-founded a convention called Universal FanCon, which is coming out, um, premiering April 27th through the 29th, Baltimore uh, Comic Book or Comic Convention Center. Sorry, it's super late. And then I get really kind of Mm-hmm. crazy at night um baltimore convention center so yeah please check that out for all the listeners uh, about universal fan con but really proud that uh, this convention that celebrates inclusive inclusiveness and diversity and um really just a place where fans can feel safe uh Wow, I I cannot talk tonight. I really can't. You talk. can't talk, and I can't listen. So, uh, <laughs> so if I can get another maybe, go around, maybe I should have had that glass of whiskey that you have over there. Um, it's going to be interesting. It is. So if I can get another go around on what I do, because I totally forgot that. Yeah, yeah. I definitely host and co-host two other podcasts. Uh, my own personal one, uh, the Lemonade Show, where um, I just pretty much talk about um how i'm feeling about certain comics what's going on in you know the geek world as far as shows and movies go and usually go on a tangent on something and uh let go let flow i host with uh, liz movie girl which we're covering girlfriends the sitcom if y'all remember and i hope you do um so we talk about that and we're actually going through all of the seasons to just figure out hey was the show as good as we thought it was or was there much left to be desired? And so far, after two seasons, it is as good as I thought it was. Um, and I'm always getting called out my government name on Twitter. I think Lauren so far has the longest government name that she's given me because I'm always tweeting something that for some reason y'all just I guess it 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 doesn't um it doesn't sit with y'all souls, but I, I, I tweet. <laughs> <laughs> no you you do and you are a, a master of the tweets um definitely yes mm-hmm. usually usually sometime early in the morning yep, you know yep. it's like gotta keep my, you on your toes I, have, I haven't had my, my coffee or you know i'm, I'm <laughs> you know bemoaning starting the day and i'm like and then I, I open up twitter and you posted something hilarious like i, I really enjoyed the freddie tweet um i think it was yesterday but uh always always tweeting some goodness Yes, so. it's a great way to get the day started, <laughs> for sure. So I have, I, have, I, have, I have a question, uh, and I, I hope this isn't uh, too controversial, but uh, girlfriends or, or living single? Ooh, um, I'm going to go with living single. Yeah, I'm going to have to probably still go with living single, even though yeah. I'm currently in girlfriends, but mm. I, it really, no rhyme or reason. I mean, living living single. That was my just, first, my first yeah. interaction. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, think, it, it's living single for me as well. I just identified with the characters more in living single, right? Yeah. Friends. Yeah, and and living single was like a a blueprint for for so many. Yeah. yeah. Not not just not just um black sitcoms either. So yeah, I agree. I mean, Khadija owned a magazine company. I mean, how flavor, right? <laughs> 
I, I had a I had, I had a rotating crush on all all, all four of them. <laughs> a rotating <laughs> crush. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it was usually mostly mostly Max Maxine, but uh, it, it would it would rotate. I love Max. Maxine was my favorite. I love Maxine. Mine too. Yeah. 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 I identified with Sinclair more, but I love Maxine the best. And I loved her chemistry um, with your boy. I forgot his name. With oh, Kyle. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you knew. I, I knew. I knew they were going to end up together. Yeah. Yeah, it was inevitable. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's just I just cool. watched that episode, too. Oh, Living Single? Yeah, the one with hey, uh, uh I think it was the end of season one where they slept together or she uh, laid off on her job. Oh, no, was, not, it that, was I'm it thinking, that I'm thinking of Maxine was it, was and, um, no, I'm sorry. Told y'all I don't listen. I'm thinking of Maxine. <laughs> oh, Maxine and Kyle. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, because, yeah, like uh, Sinclair and Overton, that was that was much later, right? Yeah, right. That yeah. was much later. Yeah. yeah. And if you're just tuning in, this is uh, this is Living Single Chat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the theme song. You got you got it. Yes. You gotta give it up. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So uh all right. So you mentioned um that you know obviously you're in season two. Matter of fact, I think the day I hit you ladies up was when you dropped the first episode of season two, because I was I was amped and I was excited and I knew we had to talk about it. But um yeah, one thing I've, I have really enjoyed about season two, um, which which you just mentioned, is that I think, um, you know, in season two, you've actually gotten into some some characters that aren't necessarily as widely known, you know, because w- the first name that a lot of people think about when they think about black women in comics is like Storm, you know, who you covered mm-hmm. very early on. But, um, you know, there's so many other characters. Um, and I, I found the the these these um, first few episodes to be really, really dope. Um, the the rocket episode was the highlight, um, and also that alien defiance. I actually didn't know about that book, so I'm glad that that you um you know brought my attention to it. But um yeah, what can you just maybe expand a little bit more on the the differences um this season, like you know both in your approach and also with maybe the characters that you're covering. Yeah, for sure. Um. Hmm. So the approach for me as far as uh, research has gone has, um, I don't want to say necessarily felt like uncharted waters because some of these women I am, you know, pretty familiar with, but because they're from, uh, they're not from the big two. Well, a couple of them were, but uh, the majority of them weren't. Um, That was just kind of, you know, different because either didn't have as many issues or not that long of a history. So trying to figure out like how to present it to you all in a way where we aren't telling you everything, but at the same time getting you interested enough to want to pick up these books or to even learn about these women. The rocket episode, um, the research that went into that was like for me going back into a time machine because milestone, I remember my brother reading those comics, but I didn't, get a chance to really read them like that. Like I probably read a couple hardware, a few icon and rocket and um, some static, but I didn't really read it as much as he did. So when I went back and I was reading it and reading it from a 2017 lens, it was just kind of like, huh? Yeah. This is very time capsule which is perfectly fine that it is, but mm-hmm. that was, um, it was interesting. I'll put it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was different. And 
in comparison to, you know, Storm, who also had a older, you know, a older history that went all the way back to uh, the seventies, it didn't feel as time capsule because, you know, we've had more Storm all the way up until now, but we've kind of only had Rocket in that pocket of time. So you know, it's much left to be desired. Um, you know, how would Rocket be today? And I think was it NYC Comic Con that they um, announced that Milestone was coming back. So I'm really interested in how they bring back Rocket um, and also Icon. Um, For sure. Because Icon was very interesting. To say the least. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we threw a lot of shade at Icon in that episode just because, you know, he's like the Sheriff Clark slash Ben oh, Carson man. of comics. Oh, oh, that's cool. I agree. You know, I think you very, definitely... there, there's a lot of respectability oh, yeah. and, um, you know, you, most folks know that know of Icon, he's a black Republican. Um, so I definitely feel like in this time he would have voted for Trump. And there's just a lot of comments that he makes, even with respect to police brutality, <laughs> where he's know, just. No, I'm sorry. I was going to say, you know, I respect you so much, but I, I, I do think <laughs> maybe Romney, maybe Romney, but he would not have voted for Trump. I, I, I don't. I, I okay. Okay. I you think Rocket would have intervened? Because that's the only way he First of all, yeah, I, th- I think Rocket would have gone with him to the polling uh, station and would have been like, you know, you know, saw saw did, to it that he did not make a mistake. I don't, I don't think he would have voted for for Clinton. You don't. Well, so he would have been a Bernie bro. I I don't think Icon. You said Romney, but okay, going down to you know yeah, yeah, the not, end of the election that. season, I think he he would have voted for Trump. But but. One of the things that I wanted to point out, too, with the icon story that we had stumbled on while talking about Rocket was, you know, the way he interacted with police mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that, you know, he was very colorblind to issues about race. Meanwhile, Rocket was very woke to those issues. Right. So it, it was a really great um Interesting dynamic, seeing mm-hmm. that these two were partners and and very loyal to one another and worked together, um, but yet Rocket was very progressive and liberal, and uh, Icon was you know more conservative. Um, so th- there were things that didn't settle well with me when you know he reacted to her pregnancy and such, but it it was it was interesting stumbling onto those. And speaking of her pregnancy, I, you know what, for the life of me, I, for some reason, really thought that it happened later in the series. I didn't know. Yeah. I don't know if I forgot, but when it, when like the third issue or whatever was her holding a pregnancy test, I was like, oh, this, it was on this out the gate. Right. So I don't know why um, I thought it was later in the series, which I thought is, mm-hmm. you know, interesting that they went that route to have that so early on in the series. But um, nonetheless, I think that it was important because of all the women that we've covered so far, I want to say that Rocket and Misty Knight are the only ones that actually had main story arcs that centered around, you know, reproductive health, women's mm-hmm. um, yeah. women's issues. That mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Which yeah. is... 
Oh, entirely different conversation, but one that um, got me to thinking like, so is this, you know, f- for black female characters, like, is this really happening in their stories? And I, so far, those are the only two that we've covered that are coming to mind, which is interesting. Yeah. And even with those two, there's like a huge gap mm-hmm. in between that conversation and those conversations happening too. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It was a very progressive comic book, especially during that time. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And and I would argue even um, compared to today, you know, in, in many yeah. ways. Um, and I, you know, I, I think you're you're 100 percent right, Jamie. Uh, you know, I, I think. <laughs> but, you know, you know what I do think is interesting? I think that um, the series through over out the, the length of the series, I think they did give. Um, oh, hold on. Hold on a second. Yo, Leo, what's up? Did I show up just in time to talk about Milestone? Uh, yeah. You did. You did. Yeah. Leo's yeah. here, everybody. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, well, um, yeah my, my, my point, though, was that um, the series, uh, it did give give them opportunity to grow as well, you know, and I think yeah. Rocket's influence um, really, because, you know, it, um, even in the, the first issue when I think Icon was at his most uh, Ben Carson-ish, um, the, one of the one of the borderline the first sheriff page... clarkish <laughs> oh my god oh, i know i know right why <laughs> yo leo felt it too when you said sheriff clark i was like whoa whoa that's a little too far yeah i felt nah, that but, uh, wow <laughs> <laughs> that's all right though i respect that i respect that no but uh, what i was gonna say is that um is that uh you know on the very first page i think the icon appeared on like one of the first things he mentions is that he met a young woman who made him see things differently or think about things differently so i think right. one of the interesting things that the series did um is they they gave him an opportunity to to actually you know grow and come to his senses and kind of see yeah it, see this know? is this is how people sell him to me like i was not an icon fan and people sell him to me like is he that he's actually like part of a journey that like kind of takes place through like the longest series in Milestone, I think. Is is Icon the longest? I milestone? believe so. I believe I it might say it be is. One. Like there's a ton of it. I think there's more issues of that than hardware, and hardware I think was the first. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's like he had a long road, and I read some of that road and couldn't get into it. And he was like the probably the milestone character I know of the least because I read the least. Yeah. Well, I mean, were you was it for you that you weren't a fan of the book or you weren't a fan of the character? I wasn't a fan of Superman and i couldn't shake like his supermanness and i and i didn't i don't that think i read enough to see like i don't know a line, a delineated path for them taking him away from from being that or being like a kind of like, you i know, think i think rocket was the was the difference you know what i mean like, like superman <laughs> superman didn't have a, a any version of a rocket type character and then even if he mm-hmm. did like i think rocket's specific um like you know specifically as a young black woman um being who she was, I think that just made the story a lot richer than than any Superman story could be, in my right. opinion. Uh, I, I get that from M. Can I talk about my milestone person? Because I brought I brought a good yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. What you got? I brought I brought one that people never talk about. Let me see if any of y'all know who I'm talking about. And it's not zombie. That zombie is a close second. Zombie is like I love zombie, and it's like, that was the weirdest comic they ever put out. Mine is Death Wish. Did you ever read Death Wish? I briefly no, I touched I upon did. it. Briefly touched upon it. No, no one read Death Wish. Death Wish was a four-issue miniseries about a oh. transgender police officer, a woman, and oh. uh, and there was like a serial killer who is killing, who's hunting down this guy who is killing transgendered people, uh, in in like a slum in Dakota who work the pier. 
it's a facsimile of like Chelsea Pier and like runs a house of uh, of of, of trans, trans people and the and the cop used to be a guy ran into the killer and then four years later is transitioning and is pre op huh. and doesn't intend to go post op. And it was written by two transgendered people. Hmm. Yo, and I it, never, I knew nothing about this. Dude, yeah, no one did. No one did because it yeah. didn't cross over into anything. I don't think they ever use the characters again. They were. It was like an isolated four issue series that I highly, highly recommend tracking down because nothing else in the mid '90s was like that. I mean, even in like yeah, barely, yeah. not barely had yeah, that I'm, today. I'm Googling it right now. Mm-hmm. And I have a bone. I have a bonus yeah. for y'all. Um, because uh, I actually found a picture of Joseph P. Illich as a baby in the back of one of them, and I'm going to... Wow. Stream. So young. So young in it. You look baby so Baby pills? Yeah, like Lil Pills. Baby Joe. Baby Joe. Lil Pills. I'm going to upload it to the hashtag. But, um, yo, like, seriously, I... It is, and not only that, another bonus, it is a very early uh, example of work from J.H. Williams III, and his and it's beautiful like the art is totally mm. gorgeous in that very matte you know uh milestone style but it's jh williams with all his crazy ass panel designs and all that shit it's mm-hmm. really really good uh, yeah jh williams uh who's who's done batgirl uh yes. bat, yeah. batwoman oh wow batwoman. Okay. i always mix those up but yes batwoman yeah. and he did he's done a lot of he did uh i want to say he's the one who did uh the alan moore promethea Right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, okay. did, I think he did Promethea. Um, yeah, he's like he's known for having like really elaborate creative panel designs with like, you know, where the panels are actually part of the story and there's yeah. like and they'll melt or bleed or do all kinds of things. And yeah, and he was doing this. I mean, it's he got, you know, probably ten times as better as the work that's in Death Wish, but it's a really, really good marker for for that artist as well. So yeah, Death Wish, it's like the forgotten milestone comic. Right below Death Wish is zombie, Korean American, crazy poetic it's like the invisibles except milestone it's like the milestone version of the invisibles zombie is like wild that's it i'm done yeah yeah (laughs) it's like i'll be checking that out yeah Yeah, it's it's on my list too yeah yeah i highly recommend it 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 holds up too it's it's really it's really good and no one no one really talks about it wow yeah i'm I'm mad i missed that man that's a that's a a hole in my, my milestone knowledge i didn't even know i had Milestone, Milestone put out like a yeah, put out a lot. Like I mean, mad people still haven't read like the Wise Son mini, and you know they they had all kinds of all kinds of weird. I mean, probably the the there there was ones like no one talks about Shadow Cabinet much either, and I think that ran for like less than Blood Syndicate. Blood Syndicate, I think, was like a crowd favorite because mm. it's yeah. really really mm-hmm. good. Wow. Hmm. Man, how did I get in the chat and quiet everybody up? <laughs> That's not my because time. you bring in <laughs> gems and we're just soaking up your knowledge, honestly. We're just <laughs> right. soaking it up. Yeah, because I mean, for me, like, I, I want to say two or three years ago, I never heard of Milestone. I didn't know about Milestone comics, you know, oh. and I think when someone connected me to Static, because I remember watching the Static Shock series, mm-hmm. uh, and they were like, oh, yeah, he was part of Milestone. And then I started hearing about the other characters you know, like um, Rocket, like Icon, Hardware, Blood Syndicate, and all that. I was like, okay, I need to check that out. So I, I'm fairly new to the Milestone universe because I was more of a Marvel kid growing up. I didn't really read any DC comic books much. So I was, yeah. a, I was a Marvel kid too, for sure. Yeah, I was, I was definitely a Marvel Same kid. Same But I was ready for Milestone. But I, I, I definitely see how that could, that could happen. Yeah. So I feel like you know, I, I miss that part of my childhood being exposed to this great. Uh, imprint of comics that featured all these great black characters and like man 
Yeah, but you, you know what I mean? But I'm glad I know about it now. So yeah, you know about it now, exactly. Yeah. Please, please, please take a peek at the hashtag and see a photo of Joseph P. Illich waiting. Illich I've ever seen. I should have tagged him actually. That that would have been uh that would have been smart. Did it come up? Uh I don't see it yet. But actually, um, yeah, speaking of the hashtag, you guys got a lot of a lot of shout outs. <clears throat> Shannon Miller from from Nerds of Prey, friend of the show, shouted you out. The homie. Yeah. And DY, DY shouted you ladies out. Um, Tony Snark jumped into the chat. A lot of people. So, so yeah, people, people are happy to see you. And uh, actually, Tony just um, tweeted a, a picture of Death Wish. Yeah, that's fourth issue. De- that's the fourth issue version of the character where she kind of, she kind of goes, she goes leather. Let's just say. <laughs> goes leather. Goes leather. <laughs> that's a great tagline. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, listen, like Misty Knight's, I mean, I probably missed the intro stuff for the show, but Misty Knight is like, you know, y'all, MQA is making moves and there's tons of activity for, for tonight's special entry. I ran home from that YouTube workshop because I'm like, I'm not missing, I'm not missing the show with my girls. So thanks, Leo. (laughs) You all have, you all have a really, one of the things I love about the, about the podcast about Misty Knight's Uninformed Afro is that, um, you you have you have you have very thorough close looks. I like close look shows. Mm-hmm. I like shows of people just blathering too, and I am part of those shows. <clears throat> uh, but I also really <laughs> like shows that like do like intense looks. In certain ways, I feel like your show is is comparable to a totally unrelated show that's called um, How Stuff Works, which is like this like big podcast show where like every episode they take like a subject and they just go all in on it you know it could be anything from like the history of action figures to you know how you know uh, senators are elected or whatever um mm-hmm. but they they apply like a similar level of uh of scrutiny while also bringing personal involvement and i think like that's why like your show works so well because you come with the research you also come with like the new fresh feelings about the piece and then you've got recordings and you've got all, all kinds of other stuff and who knows what you have planned for later this season. But um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a really special entry into the, into the comics podcast world. That's yeah. Awesome. And it's, it's very accessible too. Like I feel I had some of my non comic book friends listen to it and they were like very engaged and very much like, Oh wow. Like this is cool. And so the fact that you don't necessarily have to be this comic book fan to actually enjoy it, you know, speaks volumes as well. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it, you know, definitely crosses, crosses borders for sure. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. That, and- I mean, that, that's the idea. We don't want to, you know, seem as if this podcast is for a specific audience of comic book aficionados, right? We want everybody that either if you have never picked up a comic book in a day in your life to check it out or someone that is very well-versed in comics to listen to um, our perspectives and also kind of stumble onto some new information about some of the women that we profile. So I'm, I'm glad that it comes across that way, that it's reaching all types of listeners because we, we definitely want to make it, you know, inclusive. And it, and it help, also helps for when people ask me, so who are these other black female superheroes that you say that there's so many of? And so I get to be like, please refer to yep. such and such. Because yeah. it's like, that's the always the question that comes up. And I'm like, you know what? I got some long, detailed, you know, full of information research here right for you right here. You can listen to it, you know, go to the gym, play it. And so, you know, it, it answers the question, you know, for me there. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's yeah. something that I really, really love about our podcast. Because I feel like 
we're in a, I don't know, like right now, because I guess geekdom is quote unquote mainstream now right. that mm-hmm. um, <laughs> there have like people start to feel a little isolated or like left out because if they're excited for a movie or something like that, then you got like 50 people saying, well, you don't, you weren't a fan before. So how are mm-hmm. you a fan now? And yeah, I will never understand that but this is a great time to just you know try to get more people excited about your fandom so i i I love that i love that people who aren't really necessarily comic book readers um you know can listen to the show and not feel overwhelmed because i've listened Mm -hmm. to some comics podcasts before where i'm like yes (laughs) let me do i read comics i'm not really sure yeah yeah Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, there there's a, a universality there that's I think really, really special. And it's very, very easily approachable. Mm-hmm. Um also just um obviously you're um you're able to give a, a perspective um, you know, from the you know, from your experience, from your life experience, you know, as black women and uh, in the ways that these books are either successful in their representation or lacking, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's that's really cool. And and you know I, I love the, uh, the 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 humor too. You know you bring to it. That's all as stuff. Far as, like, yeah. Um, <laughs> <your questions. laughs> that's, just that's all you with the humor stuff. I mean, I mean like if I, if I could divert just to black girl nerds in general, um, it's like there is also this aspect of y'all can like things and still have things to criticize about them. Mm-hmm. Right. right. That's, that's really crucial and important. And I know that. Um, Tanya DePass often goes on, on really educational Twitter rants about this because she gets it up with a lot of people like that. We're like, well, you said this, you didn't like the thing. It's like, I'm allowed to criticize the thing. I'm also allowed even to like the thing I criticize. Right. Having like issues with it. And yep. I mean, that's something I feel like that's on the blackgirlnerds.com site a lot. It's like, I don't know. There, of course, there are going to be things that like we're, we're uh, inescapably stands for. But I mean, even the stuff that's beloved, uh, there's still there's still things to to point out and think about um and that that's totally something that happens on misty nights uh also which which yeah it just it's so it's so well-rounded and and so kind of um uh uh maybe maybe that's part of what makes it relatable it's that it's not just a show to like purely promote uh these characters it's to like think about them and weigh them and you know see what works and see what doesn't and then i like the fact too of bringing the whole piece on hair like there's mm-hmm. just you know, I mean, <laughs> oh yes, yeah. Because like, that's already such a very complicated, you know, complex topic as it is. So to just like introduce that or connect it rather to these characters, you're just like, oh, this was genius. Like, why didn't somebody think of this, you know, before? But they thankfully they thought of it now. So and like to just go through the various hairstyles, you're just like, oh, that was like as I was listening to the episodes, I was like, yeah, that was not a good look. Like, ooh. <laughs> are you talking about Misty Knight's relaxed bangs? Oh, Misty. Oh my goodness. You know, Misty, Monica. You know, it was just kind of like, oh god, that was you know, Vixens. You know, uh, with the uh, the braids. Oh, uh, the the Wolverine on the top yes. and the bangs on the bottom. <laughs> I'm mad nobody was that for Halloween. I, you know what? I'm so. <laughs> I feel like you need to like trademark really or copyright that or something. <laughs> yeah. Man, oh, man. Well, you know what, Grace, that, that's a that's actually a perfect um, you know, kind of segue into something I wanted to talk about. Um, you know, speaking of hair, because on the episode that came out yesterday, um, you know, you spoke about um 
you spoke about uh, Martha Washington and uh, not, not here specifically, but I know um, one of the critiques that uh, I think you both had was the way that um, Dave Gibbons, who is a, you know, a celebrated artist who has done a lot of, of good work in comics, but he, um, he had trouble rendering black people specifically. And that's something that I noticed in the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a lot of artists that were like great artists and, you know, they had done a lot and of good now, work. And now, don't, don't restrict the... Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that yeah. hasn't changed. <laughs> Definitely now, but I think, right. I think now, really now they... Yeah, they, they, they have access to Google now, and back then they had to actually... <laughs> That's they why it's worse to... that they fuck it up now. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. They just get dragged on Twitter. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. right, but that but that is the thing, like, you know, and, and it's, um you know, sometimes it's it's a thing where maybe the, the person is drawn drawn well, but they do that weird... um They don't quite know how to draw dreadlocks, they don't quite know how to draw braids, so they draw something, like, right in between. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. you know, so I, I thought that was an interesting, um, you know, uh, that, that that was a very a very fair critique. And I know on the show we've spoken about the way that artists get hair wrong a lot. Um, and so I don't know, like like I, I think that Martha Washington and your discussion on it was was really interesting. And um, you know, Grace had you've written. I'm not not starting to fight. I swear. Oh, I no, know, no, no. I know, I know, I know. You've written about Martha Washington, so I actually thought it would be cool to like, you know, to hear hear um, just some thoughts on the book, um, you know, from from multiple perspectives. You know. Yeah, you know, like I guess for me, so I got introduced to Martha back in like 2011. One of my professors was like, "Man, you need to like read this story about this, you know, black woman." that um, has a whole omnibus. And so I was like, omnibus? What, what is that? And so he, he <laughs> brought, literally brought the big thing. He, oh, like, the he big one, like that has everything? That's, that's, yeah, that's what we researched on. Okay. And I was like, so I'm supposed to do what with this? Like, and so I, I when I got it for myself, I got the smaller version. Cause I was like, that Joker is like a bowling ball. Um, the, the big, huge one. So. I remember going through it and being drawn to the fact that like she was from Cabrini Green and hadn't, you know, forgetting, you know, that quick that Amanda Waller was from Cabrini Green. So to me, I was like, wow, okay, so here's a woman who's from like an actual existing place in the US that I'm familiar with that I knew people that lived there. So it was like some of the real stuff that stood out for me. And then the fact that it was like critiquing, you know, the Reagan era, the war on drugs and so forth mm-hmm. that I began like really kind of like looking at um, Martha Washington and in the way that it brought um, a black female into this eye of talking about patriotism, which often is not really discussed. So for me, that was like the intriguing thing about Martha Washington, um, although there was very much other problematic things. But uh, the fact that there was a discussion that wasn't being held in Marvel nor DC, but through mm-hmm. Dark Horse, where we're talking about, you know, this woman who holds this high military rank, who is dealing with, you know, white privilege, white oppression on a day-to-day basis, who's going through, I, I called her this round, round the way girl, um, <laughs> you know, and so, uh, it, you know, for me, I was just very intrigued by Martha and was like, how come nobody was talking about this woman? Like, you know, mm. like, <laughs> Because at the time, you know, I'm like, it's Storm. That's all, you know, that, that's going on. And so I'm like, you got somebody who was, to me, just, you know, deserved as much credit to discuss and who, you know, their creators, you know, like so we could say a lot about Frank Miller, um, you, you know, to. we're bringing to the light stuff. <laughs> 
was, you know, very social political commentary, you know, right. kind of being voiced through this black woman. So, um, yeah, that, that's kind of my little two cents there with it. So, see, I don't want to fight you, Grace. I think, no, I think, no, I know, no, but I know that's that's all very valid, and I definitely agree on a lot of those points. I think, I don't know. I feel like that episode was a breaking point for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounded like it if you listen to it. Um, because I don't know. I it, it was just I just felt a lot was left um to be desired from Martha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it I don't because that first I guess couple I don't know how I guess give me liberty. Right, right, that, yeah. All of give me it was I don't know how I finished it. I think I was, I finished I it because I wanted to know like where the hell Frank was going with it, but I hate where it goes, by the way. <laughs> no, I, I do too. And, um, it was just a lot. It, yeah. it was, it, it was, it was a lot. And at, at times we're just like, can you, can you please, for the love of God, stay on topic? Just mm-hmm. right. for a quick second. Cause I felt, it felt like a, a early, um, MTV music video from the early nineties mm-hmm. where um, it was just a bunch of shots at times. I'm just like, okay, blood, 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 Nazi sign, Martha, right. gold hair. And that, it, I don't know. Desert with Forge yeah. wannabe. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was- <laughs> Oh God, that whole arc is so freaking confused. It's just so weird. There's just so many meandering story arcs in that book that you don't know what kind of story it wants to be. And that's why I got lost. I didn't even get to finish one, one of our SoundCloud commenters, you know, kind of joked on me about Jamie didn't finish the book. I couldn't finish it because I didn't know where this was going and when a story just doesn't resonate with me, I just completely disconnect. So right. for me, this episode, and it's interesting because we had our little production meeting with MR who edits our podcast. And she was just like, this was really difficult to edit because you guys were like <laughs> complaining and ranting the whole time. And it was it, it, it just really was a hard um, story to get through. And then I, I really didn't like the way, you know, she was written, which you, if you listen to the podcast, we talk about that a lot about yeah. sort of those tropes of being born out of trauma and poverty and black pain. And it's just like, it's one of those fictional writing tropes that you just see all of the time. And mm-hmm. um, I, I wish writers would be a little bit more creative and inventive that you can develop a character um, in a different way than just using trauma. Um, but yeah, it just, it, it, it didn't stick with me. And then like of that trauma, um, like her relationship with her mom, I don't, did, I don't know anything about it. Yeah. It's very, like you said, left to be desired. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing. And it's just like, okay, so you, you took this trophy route, fine, whatever. So what are you going to do with it? And, you didn't do anything with it. So I'm just like, so you just wasted, you just wasted my fucking time making me feel this trauma to have nothing to really connect to it. Like there are, like, I, it's crazy because the only story I read from that omnibus that really made me feel like I kind of knew Martha, like knew her and how she worked was, um, it was from the uh, Happy Birthday Martha Washington, the one mm-hmm. story where she goes to go um, get blood from, um, 
what's the character's name? He's kind of like Captain America, but he's not. Yeah, I'm actually like looking at it right now here, playing it up. But um, she There's goes. So many characters, so it's hard to keep track. <laughs> really yes, yeah. because Raggedy Ann is still giving me oh, nightmares. Oh, but um, oh, oh, yes. <laughs> but she goes to go get blood from him, and you really see Martha as you know some of a black woman who really does uh, believe in patriotism and packs, mm-hmm. and. Uh, that she understands that while she she loves it at the same time, like they they they're taking too much from the soldiers. Like she, in that moment, I felt for her and what she was going through, um, having to get this blood from him. And she's like, no, no, no more. Like you all take too much from us. And that was the only instant that really kind of I don't necessarily say resonated with me but that was the f- the only defining moment I was like wow so that's who you are and that is I wanted more of that and I didn't really get that the more that I read and then her relationship with um wait is his name Weinstein yeah Weinstein uh-huh yeah mm. huh okay well <laughs> no relation but uh it's an unfortunate thing to have right now <laughs> her relationship with him um that was interesting i don't even know i don't know what to make of it or I, I don't um that that was interesting in the yeah. ending and i just some of my homegirl couldn't get dick and save the world at the same time at the yeah. end because she because he breaks up with her and i get it or whatever but i was like he could have you could have came too <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, and, you, and everything that you all like I said like I'm I'm totally with you on that like I'm 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 there like we we on the same page with that and I don't know what it was that was intriguing about it for me like to just get through because I was able to get through it I think it was a determination for one yeah. let me ask you this Grace Grace uh, not to cut you off but um, yeah. I'm just curious because as as I listened to to all of you speak about this one thing that occurred to me is um, I think you mentioned Grace that you had read it pretty early on when you weren't aware of a lot of the other characters right no no i mean i was i was aware of a lot of the other characters but i was just just not aware that both her and amanda waller came from oh okay them. i got you i got you because i all right, i guess that blows my theory because I, I guess my theory was that maybe like you know having read like that, a shell shock thing well yeah well <laughs> i wasn't gonna say shell shock but <laughs> i figured maybe that um if it's something you read before you've been exposed to a lot of other you know, no, no, and I guess it was like a extreme to me, extreme departure from somebody like Storm, who was mm-hmm. my you know first entrance into comics. Right. That I was just kind of like, okay, this this is like way on the other side, the other world, you know. Um, yeah, I guess like the whole pol- the political thing, the whole military thing, was just really like stand out to me, and I was like, how is this being addressed? And I, I guess I was trying to find other avenues of how to interrogate the story, you know, so like trying to bring in Afrofuturism to it and all this. So I guess I was like really just trying to be, um, you know, trying to create some different, you know, dynamics to think about the story because of how tragic it is, because of how, you know, um, emotional it is. It's it's a very jarring, uh, you know, omnibus graphic novel comic, however you want to, you know, describe it. From beginning to end, so yeah, yeah and like, and and yeah. if I'm not mistaken, um, if, and it's been a long time since I've read it, it Martha Washington came out sporadically. It was he, like like in 1990, right. yeah, 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 like the first story, like the first story came out then, and then it was like years, and then right. some return to it and like come back, and it's sort of weird. Like I wonder because I personally have a 
like it's been years since I've read it, but I've read it multiple times. I have an affection for the Cabrini Green Martha's Childhood yeah. story. Um, yes. Yeah. Like that's the one that like resonated the most with me, partially because like I thought it was interesting that she had this patriotism that was so damaged. I thought that like you see her kind of go through like that's her period of life where she's her most self-destructive. Right. And right. Like she subverts that later and she's not self-destructive anymore. Like I have again, I haven't read it in years, but there's the image I always remember is when everyone gets hit with like the equivalent of Agent Orange mm-hmm. and she like takes off her protective gear in like you know, in this kind of like mad misery, like in this like war scene, in this war theater scene. And she's like totally fucked from everything that's happening. And I remember thinking about that. It's like, wow, like she, and she doesn't die. It doesn't kill her or anything like that. But like, that's how like given she is that and how, I don't know, weirdly betrayed she feels from all these, uh, these emphatic, uh, notions of pushing her to war and like protect her country and all the stuff with the president and all the stuff with the media and how the media like brainwashes like these people who are like living totally impoverished and under the government's thumb that that story i felt was always the most richest mm-hmm. and then it was like maybe we can track like frank Miller's fucking derangement <laughs> as we go through <laughs> the, the years of Martha washington and it's like oh what is he doing now like what and the, by the end of it I, I I've only read the final arc once and I it was like I felt almost as shitty as I did when I fe- when I read the sequel to Dark Knight Returns. I was mm. like right, that says a lot. Yeah. I'm like I'm <laughs> done. I'm done with this. Yeah, the one aspect of her childhood that I did like was the fact that she was a computer hacker. Like yeah. she hacked yeah. into yeah. programming to give herself good grades in school. Yes. So yes. I did like that part of her, but yeah, the rest of it, it was just like not so much. And what's weird is like if you in the omnibus, there's this letter that Frank Miller writes before it gets going. And it's just like, you know, it's weird because it's like he talks about how he has this like connection with her and how she feels like, you know, my sweetheart, you've been both daughter and mother to me. And it's like just this weird letter, you know, um, that he writes. And I'm just like, this is I don't know what to even make of this. I don't even know what to make of their connection and how this even came about. Like there was always that question in my mind, like, come up with this. Like, what did what brought you all to writing this story? You know, and so which is a question that still lingers in my mind. Like, how did you how did this happen for you? So, yeah, well, I mean, that question brings to mind for me, Grace, um, the you know, something that Jamie and Steph, you both talked about yesterday, which is the whole, um, you know, black pain aspect, which I was acutely aware of as I read both that story. And I also remember um, beyond just, you know, the common aspect of Cabrini Green, um, just the, 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 the similarities in the way that, you know, these white writers um, who, again, who had done other celebrated works had, um, you know, really when they, chose to focus on a black character. They really made sure the past was like just riddled with pain, nothing but like, you know, agony. Um, and, and the thing that, that struck me about that is like, just because let's say your character is, is um, like, you know, super poor, like that doesn't mean there's no joy in their life. You know what I mean? That doesn't right. mean right. that their whole existence is defined by pain. You know what I mean? But I think yeah. that, in both of those stories, you see maybe writers having trouble with grappling with the full humanity of these characters. Mm, I'm about to get fake deep real quick. But (laughs) I wonder wonder if um, 
there are parallels to um, when writers go that when white writers go that route um, when they have black characters and how they view um, you know just black people's history in America from slavery up until today. Like, so you survived that mm-hmm. shit. Look at you now. Right. So I, I just I wonder like if there's if there's parallels in that and how they review slavery and just black people's history in America as a whole. Um, you know how do they how do they see it? And I wonder if it's coming out in that writing because it's just like why is that what you choose? I, I mean, right. it's a trend. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think you're right because um, I th- I've definitely mentioned on the show before, but um, you know, studies have found that even in the medical profession. You know, um, doctor, white white physicians are like less inclined to um, treat black women's pain. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so you can have the same symptoms as another patient, but like in the case of the black person, they just have this um, this bias to believe that like we're built for more pain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or yeah, things like that. So I, I can easily see that. And that's that the, the crazy thing about that is it's um it's implicit. You know what I mean? It's like it's not even a thing that I think right. they've investigated, which is no excuse. Yeah. But it's right. it's just like it's so baked into the fabric of America to see black people as defined through through pain. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's why it was so refreshing for us to do uh, the Monica Rambeau episode, because Monica's. You know, we we don't really go into her childhood much, but her relationship with her parents was just very healthy. Like, right. grew up with a mom and a dad, right. <laughs> a two-parent household, and she still had a relationship with her parents as an adult. And that was just something that was refreshing for me um, because I didn't see that in a lot of the research that we did for so many of the other Black female characters Um in last season and even now with this season. So um, when we do see those moments, it's, it's rare, but it's, it's good to see. So, yeah. yeah. Cause you know, I'm thinking about Lunella, like her parents, these two parent household, but they don't, uh, Monica's parents are like really supportive of her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. superhero life. Um, and right. given Lunella is a small child, um, our parents are still kind of running the streets. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> parents aren't as um, supportive, so and yeah. it's perfectly fine that that though they they differ in that way. But um, just always thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. And Marcus, you, when you ask Grace about you know what made her finish, um, you know the Martha Washington omnibus mm-hmm. and why she felt the way she did about it, like I wonder if I had not, uh, I guess read all of alien defiance which mm. i will note that um the creator of that is problematic as fuck we did not find that out until afterwards oh, really? oh yeah. yeah we had heard about the creator brian woods apparently he's also a sexual harasser oh that's a uh, brian wood book yeah oh, yeah. Didn't know he, that. yeah he yeah. went through a very ugly yeah thing a year or two ago totally. yeah we didn't know that mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but i wonder had i um read Martha first and then read Alien Defiance later, like if I would feel a little differently because the Alien Defiance story, the way that Zula, uh, that Zula is presented to us, um, I found parallels in Martha, like the mm-hmm. kind of the military and all of that. But I just felt like I knew her more than I knew Martha, which was crazy because Martha's got a whole damn omnibus. Right. So right. I, I just wonder, like, if I would have read, um, if I didn't know anything about Zula and I read Martha first, like, I wonder 
I'm pretty sure I would still kind of feel the same way, but maybe, um, I don't know. It maybe would have been so hypercritical, but then again, probably not. So, <laughs> Yeah. I want to I, I want to shout out some good chats that are going on in the hashtag that we may not be abreast of. Mm-hmm. Um, the one is uh, is is at Ty Fieri on Twitter, whose whose current handle is Domino's Pizza, which I'm here for. I think it's pretty funny. Um, but uh, she's, she's been going on a long conversation about um, about about aspects of Storm. And I mean, I know, like, I feel like, you know, we could probably mention Storm at least once an episode. Um, but uh, I mean, m- more or less in the negative and like ideas of uh, she or her quote is that uh, she never really registered to Storm as black. Mm. Feel mm-hmm. writers wanted her to transcend that. Ooh. Yeah. And like and she and later she goes on to say that like Black Panthers will kind of like unearth like characters that she connected to more in terms of blackness. I recommend everybody check out the thread. If you go into the Black Comics chat hash, you'll you'll see her chatting. Um, yeah. Like so like what do you guys feel about unpacking that? Like I, I, I know that that Misty Knights must have uh, or has talked about Storm quite a bit, but I know that this must also come up that like people come up with their kind of counters to Storm being the ersatz figure head you know spokeswoman for black comics um how do you often respond to that or, or, or interact with that those notions so one thing that's really interesting to me about um ty fieri's comment is how she connected more with black panther than she did with storm and i think a lot of that has to do with who was writing these characters right mm-hmm. storm yes, has yeah. never been written by a black writer mm-hmm we will Ever. have Ta-Nehisi Coates doing Storm Wait, let, let soon. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. Let this sink in for a second. Yeah. But I mean, and, well, yeah. I mean Reggie, Reggie wrote her as part of Black Panther's part. Right. But, but yeah. I think... I think James... And I have problems with that, too, which we talked okay. about a little bit yes, in the episode. Right. Um, but yeah, Reginald Hedlund had done the run of Black Panther where T'Challa gets married to Storm. But yeah, I mean, she's never technically been written mostly with, you know, by by a black person so that and then you've got black panther where black panther's been written by reginald hudlin christopher priest um currently Coates. so it it there there's some concerns about that and then even now with the the run that's going to be happening with Coates, um while everybody's celebrating that and i will always forever be a fan of ta-nehisi Coates, i still take issue with the fact that she still hasn't been written by a black woman. Right. Um, That opportunity could have even happened when Greg Pak was writing her in the solo run, which love Greg, fan of Greg. He's a great guy. But I think that that opportunity again was missed by Marvel to pen a black female writer to the, to the story. And then like uh, Yona Harvey co-wrote her in that. um, Oh, the crew. Black Panther and the crew. Y'all know how I feel about that. Um, (laughs) mm, mm. Can we can we can respectfully discuss? I mean, and I, I, I look, I, I, I get it. I don't, but it's just I don't know. But Not the, no, no, seriously, speak on it. I do. It's, I do it's just I, I don't know if some of the story got. I just wish that it would have went longer so I could see where he was really trying to go with it, and I felt oh, like I he had it. to rush a lot of stuff. Yeah, we didn't really get canceled. a chance to get into that because no. two issues then. But yeah, yeah my my issue. Came. When when it was yeah when it was canceled, but my concern was not necessarily how Storm was written, but was how Misty was Man. written because they did a whole All Lives Matter 
spend on her character in Black Panther and the crew. Um, And cop or not, like, I just still don't, not in all of the books that we read of Missy, like, I don't remember, recall one damn story arc where I, that would have made me, when I read that, that would have made me say, you know what, that lines up. Because even, because yeah. mm-hmm. I, I don't I, even, and even the Misty and the Luke Cage series, like she finally has her rose colored glasses shattered as well. So mm. I, I don't know. I could be but that, but, but to to go back to your question, that's how we unpack it, and that's why we've created this platform to allow Black women's voices. Right. to be heard on how we think of how these characters have been written, how they've been depicted, you know, whether it's in TV, film, animation, how we respond to the material, because we haven't had a voice otherwise in the past. Um, so it, it's a great, it's a very interesting perspective to see from that Twitter user that they connected with the material more that's been written and helmed by Black uh, writers than a character that, you know, hasn't really had a black writer and you know you, we can count Reginald Hudlin for that very short run but no <laughs> you know what and I think um uh wow I am blanking on his name right now and I don't know why but someone else uh another black man wrote him as I mean wrote a little bit of storm too when uh oh Eric oh, Dickie Dickie. Did, uh, yeah. no no not Eric that yeah no no not that not Eric Jerome, another um which uh which time period was Jesus it? Christ um like the later 2000s when Black Panther was running around with the Fantastic Four Dwayne McDuffie Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I don't know how it was blank. Oh, I'm sorry, y'all. It's late yeah. and it's Thursday. But um yeah, there's a um panel that I tweeted out from the comic that I was reading. Um I think it was the fa- I don't know if it was the Fantastic Four or it was Black Panther, but they were the thing was there and T'Challa was there being ashy and Storm was present and the thing picks her up by her hair and it's like and she's like, see it is real. I was like, Wait, oh. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I still and then Chicago Duffy wrote that. That's just... Yeah, I, which we kind of, but you know what? Uh, that's, that's watching, what happens uh, when you don't have a woman. Writing. No, and then watching yeah. Justice League uh, Unlimited and the way that Vixen was written as I'm watching it again for the umpteenth time, it makes sense that that was written that way. Mm. Hmm. Mm. It's fine. I'm, I still love me some Dwayne McDuffie, but I, yeah. I started yeah, noticing yeah. some things. Yeah. Well, I mean, that you know, that goes back to your point about how you can enjoy something. And be yeah, right. right. For right. sure. Right. 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 Yeah. Wow. So let, 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 let's bring it up. What, what, what else we got? <laughs> The timeline. Okay. But I, I look. I look forward. I'm. I'm very happy that Storm is getting another run. It's. Right, right. It, I mean, damn. Like really. Like, come on now, y'all. All of the X Men have had their own books at this point, and we just got our Storm book a few years ago, and we're finally getting a second one. So I. I hope that you know she's going to have some justice done to her character, um, and I hope that maybe Ta-Nehisi will kind of sort of share the. Right the wealth with some other um, black female writers like he, he did with the uh, world Wakanda series. Um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I have hope I'm, I'm going to be positive on this one, but man, it, it was an opportunity miss to, to get someone on there that, you know, can get some shine. Yeah. Cause Absolutely. like for me, for me, this, this run is like the, 
not saving grace, but you know, a better um, portrayal of like the Hollywood. Cause like that, you know, that still hurts my soul. Like to this day, um, you know, her cinematic portrayal. Oh yeah. It, it just like that right. will never, that will never leave me. And like to this day, people know like that's, if you want to like get on the bad side, that's what you bring up. And so, you know, the hope is that this, this comment, even though like, like Jamie said, a missed opportunity will at least kind of like redeem some of that for me at least. So. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, you know, do, am I crazy or like this, this is a thing that doesn't happen anymore? Like I remember back in the day reading comic, one of the ways that like original series got pushed is that they would appear as backup stories to books. It's like you'd be reading a comic and then it would have like some cool backup story and it was like five, six, seven pages. And then it was like, ah, and then that would like maybe it would be a continuation thing and it would go through like several issues of the book and then that, that comic would have its own book. And I don't think that happens anymore. At World of Wakanda did it briefly yeah. in that first yeah. issue, but then you know nothing happened with the. I mean, the Zinzi didn't get her own um, book, but no, you're right, Leo. Like I don't, I, I I don't see that as much as I used to. Isn't that and it's like weird because you know like Marvel's you know friggin' line that they always push is just like, hey, we tried it and it didn't work out. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hydra. Actually, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, it's like it's. I mean, that was like a, I remember specifically that being a successful way to launch something. It's like people get interested. They're like they maybe they send them letters. You know, back then they would send right them letters. the letters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they would send letters and be like, yeah. oh, like story is so cool. What's happening with this character? And they'd be like, oh, maybe we make this its own book. But it's like now they just like you know give them a series for a couple issues, and then they're like, oh, no one bought it. So sorry, we're killing these characters. They're not around anymore. Yeah, they should bring that back. There's, there's literally, it's five, six pages. Like, all right, you know, if you're buying, if you're buying a floppy, you got, you know, a few clearasil ads or whatever the fuck in there. But you still got five, six, seven pages of extra story, and maybe there's a new like franchise in there that you, you know, don't feel like spending twenty six dollars worth of uh, paychecks on. Like, that's fine. We could, yeah, mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. opportunities mm-hmm. for right. other writers too. Right. Yeah, Hello. They should totally go back to that style. Like, I'm totally mm-hmm. here for it. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of miss seeing those letters in there. <laughs> oh, I miss those. <laughs> yeah, like I, I remember on the on the on the recent Misty Nights episode, Jamie was talking about being in uh in Bitch Planet. And it's yeah. Like, yeah. I, I have yeah. I have made it into a couple of comics. Couple. Which is so weird because like when you talk about comics from like years ago, it's like those are gone forever. Like I have an issue. You know, and I was like super like, you know, excited to like see like a letter that I wrote or something like that in the issue. But it's like yeah, like that's kind of that's kind of gone now, and it's nice mm-hmm. when it's nice for the comics that do it, or that like have yeah. like, back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can we talk about Bitch Planet for a quick second? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. I just want to the triple features. Um, that was I believe five mm-hmm. issues total, and it was a collection. Uh, it was an anthology, and it featured, um, you know up-and-coming writers and artists and um people of color people of color women of color all of it and i just i really loved it all five issues the stories were phenomenal and that was a really great um example of what you could do with your platform which Mm -hmm. kelly sudaconic did um and like gave these uh gave these writers and these artists you know ability to put image comics on their um you know the resume mm-hmm. and the stories were really really good 
In fact, I mean, if they're going to do a Bitch Planet series, I almost would be very interested in seeing it in anthology form than the actual current story arc. No shade at all. I love it, but... It would um, work fantastic. You're totally right. Yeah, it works. yeah. I, I I just really, I really love that, um, that setup, and I it was probably one of my favorite things to come out of the summer, to be very honest. I didn't know I was going to love them that much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's all I had about Bitch Planet. I, no, just... I, I, <laughs> no, I, like, I super dig that. Like, there's, there's an example, which, I mean, maybe a problematic example specifically for an issue and a cover that caused a lot of stir when it came out earlier this year, but the anthology series Island that Image puts out, which is Brandon Graham, um, that is, I feel like that's a big part, like what you were just saying, like it, it gives these like super indie artists and writers, uh, many of whom are women, uh, uh, you know, a, a nice little detail in their resume. They were in an image book. Um, they did, you know, and end up having a cover that was like arguably incredibly racist. And Brandon Graham treated uh, criticism to that effect really poorly online um, yeah that was the, yeah. Idea, the idea that comic was good the tell the two <laughs> different comics Yo, yeah <laughs> truly <laughs> truly um yeah but, but yeah and anth- yeah bring bring anthologies back anthologies also like just like the stuff with the with those bonus stories like they're just great ways to test the waters right like, yeah. right want to read you know see what writers people gravitate to and what kinds of like stories even if they're even like the bitch planet stuff but they're stories that take place within a, a previously realized world that still is like a great way to turn people on to artists and writers and maybe give them more work at the at the imprint um but i don't know why yeah. Marvel does half the things they do because Marvel, you know, yeah. Hydra. Yeah. <laughs> Hydra Entertainment. <laughs> For real. No, you're yeah. laughing. They might turn into that. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, don't say that. Don't, don't put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> Oh man! So, um, one question I have for for both of you, um, and either either one of you can go first, but was both you know the one thing I love about the the podcast is you know you both are an, a great team. You know, listening to mm-hmm. both of you together. Um, so, each one of you, can you say what you enjoy most about you know the other one as a partner? Um, I love that Jamie keeps me on task. <laughs> I really, I mean, uh, it, I'm more that love, but I, I really do uh, love that, and I feel like Jamie brings the balance that I would need, that I needed for to do something like this, because um, she'll bring up a point that uh, or idea about um, a story arc that I wasn't thinking about, and I'm like, you know what, that's 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 right, because I was just being off the cuff about it. So uh, I really love that, and. Um, I don't know. Like, I just, I just really adore Jamie and I love it when she gets um, a little outside of her comfort zone and we get to hear her sing. And <laughs> Jamie says some funny stuff on the podcast. I mean, she really does. She doesn't give herself that much credit, but she, she honestly really does. And it has me, you know, doubled over in laughter. But I love that um, she brings the balance that I, that I need sometimes when we're, when we're doing this. So, Jamie, thank you. Oh, stop fussing at me, though. <laughs> I'm just playing. I mean, I, what I love about Steph is she's just hilarious. I mean, you guys know you read her tweets every day, and she is the real deal. And we got a chance to finally meet this year because oh, NPR did an interview with us and, um, and profiled our, our podcast. And um, 
she's just as funny in, in person as she is online and as she is working with her as a podcaster. So she gets full credit for coming up with all of the episode titles. And I really love her her catchphrases throughout the show. Like we mentioned before with Vixen's hair, the, the Wolverine <laughs> on the top, the Rick James on the bottom. Ooh, like stuff like that is hilarious. And the the and followers and listeners, they tweet it out and they create memes around it. And it's it's fantastic. And I'm definitely not that creative to think of really funny things like that. Like on a level that's relatable to our listenership, you know, like the whole love and hip hop thing with Cyclops. I, I wouldn't, <laughs> I would not, yeah, I would not think of stuff like that. So yeah, anyways, Steph is just hilarious and funny and she's great to work with. And she's really hard. She's a really hard worker. Like she really puts her heart and her soul into doing all of the research um, behind this show, because as you guys know, I'm doing a lot with BGN and I, I have a lot other projects and doing fan con stuff. So I'm not able to be as attentive to the research process as I'd like to, if I was doing this on a full-time basis. So a lot of that is credited to, to Steph um, and just giving me everything that I need to be like, okay, read through these issues <laughs> and we'll be able to get through this podcast. Um, so yeah, yeah. I'm incredibly grateful for Steph. Well, I also want to give a huge thanks as another Black girl comic fan, you know, to another, like, you know, I, I told this to Deborah Whaley when her book came out, like, this is the stuff that, like, I sit there and I just, like, you know, I, I clutch my hands together. I said, like, oh, yes, thank you. Like, this is so, like, a dream come true. And to be able to see uh, something that you, like, you hope and wish can happen and it's out there and it's successful and you can listen to it and can enjoy it and can like refer back to it. Like it's truly needed and it's truly um, appreciated. And like, you know, as an academic and as like a fan, I'm like, wow, like you all have hit the jackpot. And I'm not just saying that cause like y'all cool peeps, but like, no, like for real, it, it really is that because of the way that you are heavily researched, because of the way that you engage with the material, because of the way that you're like bringing these characters to <laughs> the the center screen and so um like i'm just forever grateful because i'm like man y'all you all have helped me you know be a better fan and be more engaged so like i just had mm -hmm. to put that out there because i was like when am i going to get a chance to like talk to them so when we were talking about how we wanted to put you on the show i was like i had to make sure to like thank you all for this because this is like a gold mine so thank you grace thanks Oh, I'm all mushy now. I know, right? <laughs> Shutting nerd tears right now. <laughs> let, let, let it go. Let it Just go. let it go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, y'all. So, oh, go I'm sorry. I, no, no, no. I was going to say I wanted to talk about Black Panther, but this is y'all's show. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, wanna... that, well, okay. that's the perfect uh, perfect timing. You read my mind because this is the uh, the segment of the show where we get into the chat, you know? So we talk about pop culture just anything that's on our minds or anything we've been reading or watching so so yeah the floor is yours let's let's talk about it oh damn no i just wanted <laughs> i wanted you well, all to consider just, to continue the conversation if you wanted to that you were having before we came on oh, about black to, okay i thought you were talking about the trailer i thought you were talking about the trailer, the trailer but, was, no, we can definitely... the trailer was dope i love that you know michael um Poon Sizzling Jordan is uh, <laughs> looking like a double, <laughs> looking like a, 
Looking like he could rap with the Migos. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm here for that. Wallace, oh, little, little Wallace came. I, in, in my, in my, my fan fiction, uh, you know, that's where Wallace went. Like Wallace survived. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. Wire. <laughs> he, made it, he made it actually. Yeah, and, and then he, he went off to schools all over the world and became, uh, became Killmonger. Oh God. So, yes. so Wallace is alright, man. I'm rooting for Killmonger. I know this is not going to work out. I've read the books. I know, but I'm. I'm there for him. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Dora Milaje too, but um, I'm I'm there for Killmonger. Yeah. No, definitely. And I mean, the, the Dora Milaje just look look incredible in this. They look um, amazing. Ah, yes. And yes. Shory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it February yet? Not no, yet. it's not. Uh, we, got, we got 14 more weeks, I think. 15 right. Yeah. Uh, well, that actually makes it seem closer than it, it does. That's why I keep saying it. <laughs> <laughs> are you are y'all familiar with the um Nakia storyline from the um Oh priest from run? the priest the priest run, yeah. Yes. They're, they're not they're not gonna do that. What's that again? Do you think I, they might I, I think they may. Okay. I have really? a theory that they might. I'm here for the messiness. I'm okay. here for the messiness. And remember, it was announced that um, Denai Guerrera, who's Okoye, is going to be mm-hmm. in Infinity War. Right. Where's, yep, the, where's yep. the announcement for Lupita? Have we heard Ooh. that? So oh. she's going to have um, T'Challa tied up butt naked. So, oh. yeah. Um, I don't know. That, that did get I'm just wondering why she's not in Infinity War. That's all I'm saying. Well, you know, just for just for context, Steph, and I, I know that you will uh, you'll describe it in a really hilarious way. But just um, for anyone who hasn't read that priest run, just just break it down about what you're talking about. Okay, so um, picture a thin line between love and hate, starring T'Challa <laughs> and one of his young Thor Milaje, and basically. Um, be- you know, because one, you have to look, he is running around as Dora Milaje in this. Mm-hmm. So she is enamored with this older, rich, strong, good looking um, man. And I felt like she even said that to Monica Lynn. Cause she, you know what? She tried to, she tried to kill Monica yeah, Lynn. Yeah, yeah, she pushed out of a, hel- a helicopter. And right. talking about some Gonzalo, um, some, uh, what did she say? Gazi- some Gonzalo. <laughs> yeah, she can't even lie, right? <laughs> she can't even lie right. I'm like, girl, that don't even sound right. So basically she um she she's head over heels and then some um in love with uh T'Challa and she's like really obsessed with him. And uh what happens? She ends up in does she end up in the Jabari lands? She ends yeah. up somewhere. And I I believe she ends up does she end up with, with Killmonger? Like yeah, she ends up yeah. with Killmonger and she's brainwashed and she is no longer Nakia, but she's now, I am forgetting the name that she's going by, but she's going by a different name. And like she, her, basically her quest is to get T'Challa to love her by any means necessary, which. In any means. Any, I mean, like Literally. any means, like she, she. Malice she, is the name. Malice, yes. Malice. There we go. She prostitutes yeah. herself. That, I mean, it. Cole, I mean, Priest, he really went there, but um, <laughs> yeah, because she like she's. I'm gonna get graphic with y'all, but she like she's having sex with another man while T'Challa is on the other side of this mirror that is see uh, see through, and she's like, "Did you enjoy that?" And I mean, the whole time I'm clutching my pearls while I'm reading this because I'm just like, <laughs> "Right, where are we going with this? What is going on?" So, <laughs> if they do that and they bring this in this movie in some way shape or form at first i was just kind of like i don't want to see that but i'm messy so i kind of do so i 
Okay. I'm curious to see how that would get put in there. Yeah. Me too. Cause yeah. yeah. And that was an issue I took with how um, her story arc kind of panned out as far as like, cause you know, the only other Dora Milaje we get to know in the priest run is, um, well, she's not, is she considered a Dora Milaje? Uh, Queen oh, Divine, Divine Justice. Justice. <laughs> Queen Divine Justice. Uh, <laughs> she's, yeah, yes, she's actually, got... yes, she is. She is. She is, yeah. Okay, so yeah, little Queen Divine Justice and her. Ooh. Oswald Bates, right? Ooh, all little Oswald, Oswald Bates. Bates uh, yeah. <laughs> his daughter. Um, yeah, so they're like the only two door Melodia that we actually get like a story arc from, and their story arcs are so very different. Yeah. So, um, yeah, for real, y'all, be thankful for uh, World of Wakanda in the current Black Panther run in some capacity because it's really mm-hmm. shown mm-hmm. Dora Milaje in a different light than they've been shown before. So, just yeah. show, just yeah. showing any kind of light, really. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. come on, spill that tea, Grace. Spill it. <laughs> the same. I'm the huddling run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> Wives in waiting, basically. There you go. Yeah. Ooh, so problematic. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's another. Um, that's another thing. I'm like, I wonder if I would have read it right then at the time when it was coming out, if I would feel differently. Yeah. I just wonder. I always wonder about, that. The, about the priest run or about, about the, the priest run. run. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I mean, I mean it's, it was fun. The, yeah, it was a lot. There was a lot there, and and I think the priest run for me personally, um, it exemplifies the idea of something maybe having issues, but you also can enjoy it while being critical. Yep, right, right. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. Right, yeah. Because there's parts of the priest run I'm like, I really love this, and there's other parts I'm like, huh, okay. <laughs> All right. So what? What? Um, I have some notes from the from the feed right now. What you got? What you got? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, Shannon Miller, a friend of the show, Black Comics Chat Spot editor, uh, as she's known. And, uh, and a- <laughs> she, she rejected that job, Leo. Well, well, you know what? We're in talks. Let's just say we're in talks. Misogynoir. Um, <laughs> Shannon Miller says, "I'm rooting for everybody black in the Black Panther movie, which is going to make Black Panther a confusing journey." That is a good point because you want to pretty much want everybody to to kick ass. Um, also. Uh, do Ragnarok on Twitter says Misty's Afro is a blurred dream come true and a pleasure to listen to. Oh, thank you. And, uh, thank you. Yeah, Joe Illich, the homie J Pills the Don, uh, says that y'all are a fluid bomb, formidably, formidable separately, explosive combined. That's how he combined. Thanks, Joe. Thank you, Joe. High, high praise from the man right there. Um, and meanwhile, the homie Jermaine Design on Twitter, uh, you know him of the uh, Superman avatar, as I'm sure you've seen it around, uh, wants to know where you see the podcast five years from now. Do you plan to expand it? Do you have any weird ideas? Oh, yes. Looking out mm. Give us money, please. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first step. <laughs> we just had this conversation during our production meeting. Literally um, yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. I, definitely. I mean, we're we're currently with Audio Boom, and um, next season we're looking to monetize with with the the podcast network. So that's great. Uh, but the, if the opportunity presents itself to make this into a full time thing, I am ready to jump on it. Uh, I, I briefly worked with rewire for a while and that was like the first time I was like paid as a podcaster and I just, I loved every moment of it. So 
I would love to take advantage of leaving my day job and making this my day job. Um, and if, if, if that happens, great. Um, but if not, I, I enjoy doing this process with, with Steph and, and we are working to try to make this grow and build this into a bigger team. Cause right now we, we have a pretty small team, but, um, We've got some changes underway for season three, for sure. We're going to switch up the format a little bit. Um, so stay tuned for that. But, you know, I, it, it's hard to say where we see ourselves in five years. Uh, um, but I'm hoping by all of the folks that are so excited for Black Panther, the movie, that maybe they'll feel encouraged to start listening more to Black podcasts mm-hmm. and Black comic book podcasts, like Black Comics Chat. Um, and then support us in a way where podcast networks can be like, you know what, this is a commodity. We need to jump on top of this. Right. Um, but, it, but it definitely comes with fan support first. Yeah. Preach, preach. So, yeah, yeah, I don't really know five years. Who knows? Um, hopefully uh, Trump has not blown us up by then and we're still around. <laughs> Speaking of the beast that we usually try not to name. Yeah, we, we had a little peaceful peaceful moment earlier. Yeah. Yeah, did you hear about this? Yeah. This is great. Yo, yo, just, just for um for archival purposes, for anyone who's listening to this in the future, like break down this magnificent moment. This, so this, am I not mistaken, this occurred while we were on air? I think it was no, a little before. It, it happened was before we were on air. When, yeah. oh, oh, it happened before. It happened before it. Yeah. yeah. yeah so some. So somebody was uh, was quitting Twitter, and on their last day, they deleted 45's Twitter account. Okay, so I didn't get that part of the tea. So it was intentional because the Twitter government account said that it was an accident. Yeah, they're spinning it like that. But I've seen quite a few stories that because the word accidentally appears the. More recently, you, you <laughs> dig, into the, <laughs> dig into the stories, but like originally, it was like, yeah, he was like, "Fuck this," and he deleted it and bounced. And it's like, that's 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 that is how you do your last day. Yo, I want to buy yes. that man a drink. Absolutely, I will happily buy. Let me that. get you more than a drink. <laughs> eleven minutes, eleven minutes without it. I, I I didn't know at the time, but I just felt a peace watch over the the earth. Yeah, you know, it was it was nice. It was, yeah, it was it was weird. Yeah, like the air tasted a little bit sweeter, and I couldn't tell why. Yeah, yeah, you know. Mm-mm. Yeah, I got super excited and tweeted about it in all caps, and people it was like, like <laughs> people were like, from the Whiz. Are you sure? The scene from the Whiz when everybody comes out. I forgot the song. Uh, I can't think of the lyrics right now, but. I just envisioned oh, that oh, scene. Can you yeah, can you? Oh, yeah. Oh, brand new day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that the official song for this event. Yep, yep. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man, that's a good I one. Think, I think we should all tweet our excitement so that Twitter, um, you know, maybe makes this a, a permanent thing. Yep. I mean, it's already trending. Trump's Twitter's a trending yeah. hashtag, so everybody's talking <laughs> about it. <laughs> But they're not going to cancel his account. No, no, no. Yeah. They make too much money off of having him on Twitter. Sad but true. Yeah. Um, all right, Marcus, you have you have some other topics up in the dock that you wanted to uh, to bring up. Um. Yeah. Well, the I guess I guess the big one. Um. You know, I definitely wanted to. Jamie touched on on Universal FanCon earlier, but um. Mm-hmm. That, I th- I think that's something that we should definitely um. You know. Give give a little bit more light to um, Black Comics Chat is is planning on uh, on attending and, and participating. Yeah. We did. Uh, do, do, uh, do, do you know who uh, who set up the panel for Black Comics Chat to be there? 
Uh, I do, but uh, it's a very interesting, I have an interesting segue based on that individual. Yeah, I feel the segue coming. Let, let's <laughs> <do it. laughs> yeah, this is this is kind of like a bonus surprise. So, um, you know, you know him on Twitter as as Tony Snark. Uh, that is uh, writer Anthony Otero. Um, Anthony helped set up a, a panel, and it's going to be celebrating Black Comics Chat and celebrating all kinds of stuff. And so, we're going to be at Universal FanCon. That's very exciting. Further exciting. <laughs> is that we do want to announce on this episode that Anthony Otero is going to join the squad, our squad of four. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Tony is coming up in it, and I, which is so awesome. And you've heard Tony, if you've heard the show before, you've heard him on other shows. He was recently on a show um, with some peeps, which I'll dig up and retweet a link for. Um, but Tony's awesome. Tony has been a supporter, I want to say, practically from the word jump for this yeah. podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, he's 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 a great dude. He's a real mensch, uh, and he is going to be our our fifth. You know, we always we always end up with these nights where like some of us can't make it. You know, this is a black comic show. It's obviously something we pull around our jobs, just like Misty's night, Misty Night is. Um, so it's like if there's one person that we could put in here uh, to help support us, to help us with our interviews and our and our regular show running and all that, it has to be Tony. So. I am very happy to uh, bring him onto the squad. So he is our fifth member. Yay. Applause. Yay. That's what's Tony, up. You're, Tony, you're awesome. Man, I was so psyched to be able to announce this today. I don't know yeah, if you were yeah. going to announce it, Marcus. I stole your thunder. No, no, no. I, I set you up, man. I, I lobbed it over <laughs> the mound, man. You, All right. No doubt. No doubt. And yeah, and, to, and Tony actually set up the panel for us to be at UFC. Um, so yeah, that's the yeah. news. That's the big news this up. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So Grace, um, I think you had mentioned uh, uh, what was it, superstition? The... Yeah, you know. So yes. thanks to uh, Jamie and them uh, posting it on uh, Twitter, uh, I was like, "Oh, Sci-Fi Channel superstition, Mario Van Peebles." So I like, I literally went to my DVR and I was like, "Okay, record series like this off the rip." Didn't even, you know. And then I went later on and dug into it, and I was like. Let me check this out. And I'm I'm intrigued still. You know, there's been mm-hmm. two episodes in. Um, yep. I like it. You know, um, I you know, I, I don't even, you know, know how to describe it, but um, like I love the immortal, you know, attachment to it. I love that this, you know, black cast is talking about um, you know, this idea of superstition and so forth. And I'm trying to remember what city it's located in. It's in Georgia. Um, right. I don't yeah. know what city. I think it's like a fictional city, but it's right. in, yeah, it's in the South in Georgia. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I like the fact there's this like diverse set of characters and I mean, um, actors and actresses that are like in it. So like people who have been in, you know, other movies, some that we may not have seen so much, some that were in a couple of, uh, B-rated movies, and that's not any shade. Just that's just only where I place where I remember some of them. So, um, but yeah, like I just like the diversity of the cast and the storylines and everything. Like I said, it's only two episodes, and I'm still there with them. So yeah, yay! I think more people need to be talking about this show. I don't understand why nobody's talking about it. I mean, it's. I think. Personally, I just think it's monumental that we have a genre fiction show with black people in it. Right. And it's a black showrunner. There's yep. black writers. So when we talk about, yeah, we need more diversity in genre fiction, it's right here. Sci-fi yep. is doing it. And um, sci-fi, you guys need to promote it a little bit more. I but, agree. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
but uh, I'm I'm really excited for uh, the show being on there, and also the folks that are behind the scenes, like the writers' room. They have a Twitter account, and they're so much engaged with the fans. Like mm. several articles from Black Girl Nerds, and thank you guys for for retweeting those articles and, and showing some love. Um, but yeah, you guys that are listening, please check out Superstition. It's good. I mean, if you're like a fan of Supernatural, because it's basically on the same wavelength of supernatural you know it's this family that um has these um powers that are fighting all these different supernatural beings and um you know that that's pretty much the the story uh with with them and if you're a fan of that kind of uh genre fiction then you're definitely gonna love superstition so and i'm like thanks for shouting that out yeah i'm like just grateful because like i didn't have nothing on friday to watch on tv so I was like, this is this is perfect, you know. So um Yeah. I wish it had a different time slot though. I agree. Like, yeah. you know, Fridays is at ten o'clock, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that that's the death knell for, for television. But if it was like on a Monday night, I figure it'd probably be a lot better. Mm. Um, but you know. But there's hope that maybe it could, you know, after this first run that there's, you know, the hope that maybe it can get moved to another day. So Yeah, yeah. Speaking of like dates, just quick aside. Um, it's funny because I remember back in the day, like Friday was the hot day for television. Like I remember all the great shows came on on Friday, and mm-hmm. so it's like now, like you said, that's like not the day, you know. So that's where like shows go to die when they get moved to Friday. So yeah, just quick thought there. Yeah. So the, so they so uh, it sounds like they represent a pretty big chunk of that four point eight percent, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they're really holding some of those numbers like, all on their own. Big time. Yeah. Like after reading that, that article that you're kind of referring to there, like when the fact that I saw that like Hulu doesn't have any, I was like, yeah. Yep. How in the hell does that happen? Well, not how in the hell, but like, like wow. So yeah. it shows too. Yep. Mm-hmm. I tried to watch Freakish and I couldn't get into it. Which one is freakish? Yeah, what, what's uh, that's, that's the a Hulu one. show. Yeah, um, basically, uh, I guess like something goes off in the town and people are turned into monsters, and these kids are stuck in a high school. And uh, I forget the name of the actor, but he played um, Tyrone in The Walking Dead, and uh, he, spoiler alert, dies within the first couple episodes. Oh. But um, like it, it kind of it kind of shows that they wait. Tyrone, you mean like T-Dog? not Tyrone? Oh, Tyreek. Uh, Tyreek. Oh, Chad uh, Coleman. Yeah, Chad Coleman. Yes. Uh. Oh, they killed off Chad Coleman. <laughs> yeah, he, Quickly. He, he, that brother. That brother cannot get a break. So he can't get a break at all. I'm like, damn. <laughs> Man, hashtag let Chad live. Right. Let him live. Let him live. I wonder who's been writing. So what about Los High? The Oh, I, you know, I had seen some episodes of that show. Because that was actually, I watched the first yeah. season. I thought it was pretty good um, because of Shannon um, had talked about it a lot. And I actually right, right. really liked it. I wonder. I think I heard about it through Shannon, too. Yeah. Shannon, we have gems when it comes to shows. Yeah. Shout out to her. Yeah. Shout out to Shannon. Definitely shout out to her. And also, uh, Joseph P. Illich says that he uh, he started following uh, the Superstition Writers account because of uh, Jamie mm-hmm. and Steph. Yeah, like big I'm, shout out. To I'm like, I feel like I'm the only person promoting that show because so many people are like, I only found out about superstition because I don't know nerds. I'm like, really? Yeah. 
I don't know what sci-fi is doing. Like they, I, I want them to have a win. I mean, I feel like yeah. they had Battlestar, and but Battlestar was like over a decade ago. Yeah. And there's another show, Ghost Something. There's another show on sci-fi that's got a black female protagonist that nobody's talking about. I can't even remember the name of the show now, but they're hiding them. I'm just, <laughs> they're just, they're, I don't know. I don't know. But that that's the thing though. It's like, we kind of have to take those extra measures and those extra steps to try to reach out to promote those kind of shows and also promote books. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know Joe's listening to the show. So Lion Forge and Catalyst Prime and, you know, all of those really great um, stories under their 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 imprint. Like, we, we need to just kind of make that effort to talk about those more. And that's why I'm so glad and grateful for this podcast, Black Comics Chat, because I know I learn a lot more about what books to check out and to read because of the stuff that you guys talk about. So, you know, sometimes it's not just going to be right there in our faces. We have to kind of dig a little bit to support. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely or want to punch CBS in the neck for putting Star Trek on that damn paywall. I've been watching. I've ponied up the the $5.99. I I I did too, yeah. Because Shaniqua Martin-Green has been phenomenal Mm -hmm, so far. mm -hmm. And I mean, like, really, really good. Like, just Michael, I mean, I... I don't know what else to say. Like, I think I stand already, and that's crazy because the show hasn't been on for that long. But I will say that I'm a little irritated because I don't know if it was a Michelle Yo can uh like uh scheduling issue, and that's why she, you know, wasn't on the show that long or what, but is she gone? Yeah, she's gone. She was gone in like the second episode. Yeah. It's just like, you know, the the captain of the uh, Discovery, like, definitely could have been another woman of color. Oh, or her, if it wasn't a scheduling thing, like in that part, I'm just like, mm, y'all. I, I, I go back to all those. Uh, I go back to all those kung fu flicks with her. Man, I, I, I was actually looking forward for her to have a, a big, a big role. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, um, the way they advertised it. You know, yeah, I, exactly. They, exactly. they uh, kind of lied to we us. Got the okie doke on that one for yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, other than that, um, it actually has been really, really good. So, um, mm, oh well. They have a season two, so I guess the paywall hasn't hurt them too much, but it's just unfortunate because that's something that a lot of people could be enjoying. But hopefully they'll bring in more. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, well, Twilight Zone, they something was tweeted out about a reboot oh, yeah. and Jordan Peele being behind that. Yeah. And yes. Yeah. And I said, huh, well, this comes out before season two comes around for star trek uh discovery then you know i won't cancel my description my subscription as soon as star trek season my ready my finger is on the cancel button as soon as star mm-hmm. trek goes on like the little hiatus before they pick up for the second <laughs> well, you, half of season you know, you know what i was gonna do i was just gonna wait until yeah until they were all out and then yeah that's the that's and then, yeah. And just pay for it right like that's yep. what they do with hbo yeah. now so is so is cbs just uh just aiming for just the the the, the black streaming shows account is that what yeah pretty much huh interesting uh, but yet but yet mm. uh, they can't make any money on shows that are uh led by by black leads is that is that also correct right. yeah. well there's no room because they got they got ncis hoboken <laughs> <laughs> isn't swat on there too 
Is that? I, I think so. I think so. Because that sounds like something I wouldn't watch. Who asked for that? Shamar Moore is in it, still looking fine as hell, but I just know. <laughs> And he left Criminal Minds for that. So. Yeah, and then speaking of real quick, wait, he's um, on two shows. Yeah, on no, he's not on. He's, no, he's not, not anymore. Minds anymore. Oh, okay, okay. But speaking of that, real quick, um, Shamar Moore forever playing a cop of some sort. Um, you guys heard about? Uh, is it a? Wow, I can't think of names tonight. But the show that's going to be on Fox, or is it TNT or TBS? That will star um, Aisha Hines and oh yes, oh and, um, and Angela Bassett and nine one one. Yeah, and then like I don't know if you guys looked at the mentions under that yeah, um, announcement. Were to act up. Yeah, yeah. Hotep Twitter got on that right. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Mm. Um, yeah. so Little Ponytail, um, Ice T and. <laughs> <laughs> and Shamar Moore can be cops for I don't know how many like have y'all are y'all in like as Rebecca um as Finn Patel said like are y'all in their mentions no you're not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean Ice-T literally had a song called Cop Killer right yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> just oh noir, I'm telling you it's real it's yeah, so it's real it's a real thing I'm like they better hope their mama Wi-Fi is up so they can watch the show anyway. <laughs> oh, they will. Right. <laughs> While they tweet angrily. Yeah. Yo, angry ret- angry uh live tweet at 10, y'all. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, but no, I mean I'm look, I I'm I'm here for anything that Angela Bassett does, man. So it's all good. Oh yeah, that's that's my birthday buddy right there. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah, we had the same birthday. Oh, how did I not know nice. that? Nice. Yes, yes. No, oh, that's a good one. Um, we're we're winding down. Marcus, are there other hot topics you wanted to uh to to discuss before we? Um, I, I yeah. Think you oh, have great. one, Leo. I, I mean, I, I always, I always have, I always have. A yeah, yeah. You, you talk, you talking about, you talking about Stranger Things? I mean, yeah. Uh huh. Like yes. <laughs> so like all right so like as listeners to the show may know i think i've, I've discussed Stranger Things on the show before um i i i while i liked the first season of stranger things i am of the firm belief that there was nothing about it to me that communicated the need for eight hours i think it could have been a really effective movie and like I, while i liked it i just felt like it went on a long time and i didn't get enough out of those hours to enjoy it and i am i am three episodes into the second season and quite enjoying it I'm enjoying season two, but more than I enjoyed season one, kind of like, um, like practically immediately. Um, I like to hear that, Leo, because I just finished, like, just finished the last two episodes of season one. Oh, okay. Oh, you're 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 so you're, oh. you know, you're moving. I'm with you. I, I'm with you on that one too. Mm-hmm. I just I just finished it myself, season one. So yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> so what were, what were your feelings on on both of you? Your feelings on season one. <laughs> Like you just like I kind of felt the same way. Like the first two episodes out the gate, I was like, okay, cool, I'm into this. And then the middle happened, and I just kind of lost interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wonder if that was partly because everyone was talking about it, and that can go one or two ways for me. I'll either be yeah. really hyped about something or just kind of turned mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last two episodes happened, and then I was interested all of a sudden again. So I to me, like that tells me that um, maybe the writing wasn't as tight as it could have been, and or it could have just been a movie and then a series after that. Oh yeah, yeah, perhaps. Like I think there was a movie's worth of story in the first. Yeah. Season. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, but but uh, but honestly, like season two, I feel like at least the start of it right now is very very strong in terms of the writing, in terms of like the events. I and maybe it's that I don't know, for some reason they felt like they had to establish all this stuff in the first one so slowly. And season two obviously can dispense with that. You know, it can just like kind of dive right into things. So I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm quite enjoying it and I hope it, I hope it keeps up. We're going to be talking about it. We're doing a special extra episode of the scream squad next week. And we're going to Chico and I are going to discuss uh, stranger things season two. So we're getting through it. Um, so yeah, right now it's a, it's a recommend for me. I'm, I'm liking it more than the first one. I mean, easily. I mean, I can. Easily Every, popular opinion is everybody likes season two better than the first one, and is I that, agree. Yeah. Season, season two was phenomenal. I, I'm a Stranger Things stan, so my opinion's a little biased. But first season, I loved it out the gate. I I love the nods to '80s nostalgia. I'm an '80s nerd right. through and through. Yeah. So, like, that first episode when they were playing D&D, I was just like, oh, my God, I'm going to love this show. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, you know, just all these nods to my favorite movies of the 80s. Like, they had the Pretty in Pink moment. Um, they they had a little bit of Poltergeist. They, They got a little bit of the Goonies in there. And season two, you know, Leona, you haven't finished it, so I won't discuss it further, but... It, it it blew me away and it it topped the ver- the very first season so um i'm excited about season 3 and i'm so happy that erica is going to have a more profound role in season 3 cuz she she stole every scene that's the word right? lucas's sister yeah ooh okay yeah yeah, right, yeah i got i got to watch season 2 then yeah. i'm I'm, 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 like, yeah. I'm like Steph and grace i um you know, I didn't hate the first season, but I can, I can definitely relate to what Steph was saying about how when everybody in the world is just like, this is the most amazing show of all time. Right. Yeah. It can, you know, kind of kind of dull your enthusiasm. But but no, I hear, hearing. And then they play Dragon Slayer and yeah. I know. Oh, oh my God. I love that. I remember that. That game was so hard, y'all. I, I've never beaten it in the arcade, <laughs> ever. I, I got like four minutes into it, if that. I was like, Max got that score on Dragon's Lair. That is, she's a beast. I know. That's yeah. Ridiculous. That's yeah. Ridiculous. No, yeah. and like, and, and also like the uh, the the references that I've seen in in season two, like just like season one, had tons of references to eighties and eighties movies and Steven King, and Steven Spielberg movies and all that stuff. Um, right. Like there's like one of the details, and I'm looking for more that I found in season two was to me more satisfying. For instance, Paul Reiser is in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like another nice nod to the '80s, by the way. Right. Casting that. certainly, and like, and I thought that there were some like subtle aspects or subtle referencing aspects of Paul Reiser to his character in Aliens, and I think that was on. Uh, it and probably, I was like, that's good. That's pretty good. Yeah, I feel like everything is intentional with the Duffer Brothers. Yeah, they're just <laughs> such '80s nerds. So, yeah, and then casting Sean Astin in it, like they knew what they were doing. Like they, they're. I think I feel like Stranger Things. A lot of folks that love it um, are just wrapped in the nostalgia of it all. You know, it just reminds us of all of those great movies of the '80s that we really loved. Whether it was the action adventure movies like The Goonies or Raiders of the Lost Ark, because there's even a Raiders of the Lost Ark moment with uh, Hopper. Won't go any further, but okay. that happens. So I mean. 
it just it plays on our our emotions of those those movies at that time and and that's why i love it and i know that's why a lot of people love it because when i see articles written by tv critics or fans tweeting about it on social media they talk about you know those memories and those moments from those movies and and that's why they love stranger things so much and it's a very compelling interesting story and the actors are so good I mean, Millie Bobby Brown kills it as 11. Freaking uh, Gaten that plays Dustin. I love him. Like, all of the actors are just phenomenal to watch. So if Millie Bobby Brown does not get an Emmy, I will be mad. I will riot. (laughs) 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 Sorry, I could talk about Uh, straight things all day. No, no, no. It's all all good. It's all good. If if I could, um, 7th Matrix, our homie Rod on Twitter, um, he he asked us to quickly discuss the undertone, the racist undertones, with think pieces proclaiming that Star Trek fans um, enjoy the Orville more than Discovery. Who the and hell said that? I, I've definitely seen a few. <laughs> I've seen a few. Well, I haven't actually. even seen the Orville, so I I really can't. Well, well, I haven't seen it because that question. question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I got I got no love for Seth MacFarlane. Basically, I I feel like um, you know. <laughs> I, I don't, man. Like he's, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the first couple of seasons of Family Guy, and then it turned into what it did, you know. And and like I yeah. feel like he's he's really become a one trick pony. And I don't know, like like the the idea of um, it transcending Star Trek Discovery. I feel like they were ready to feel that way no matter what happened. Mm. Of course, you know? mm-hmm. so, uh, and reach they did. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, has has anybody on the show seen uh, the Orville? No, no desire. Not, yeah, not one. yeah, I've checked. Out, I'm like y'all. I've checked. I've checked out of Seth MacFarlane for years now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we've seen it already. It's called Galaxy Quest. Right, right. Exactly. Well, exactly. Yeah, like Which you know, I enjoy. Yeah, no, Galaxy Quest was dope. Yeah, Seth MacFarlane is like a walking fart. Just no, thank you. <laughs> oh, and that is, that's that's the tagline. There we go. Is that allowed? No, no, for real. Um, also, like, just with with all of the, um, you know, obviously the, the revelations that are going on about the disgusting underbelly of Hollywood, and you know, the idea that Seth MacFarlane is kind of this dude that that will, you know, smirkingly acknowledge that he knows about this stuff, but not really do anything. Right. You know? right. Yeah, like that's he, that's troubling. Yeah. <sighs> so I mean, nah, forget that guy. Right. But you know. All right. Anyway, let, let, let's end on a happy note. Go uh go go <laughs> listen to uh to Miss Tonight's Uninformed Afro, y'all. Yeah, yeah and if you haven't heard the show yet, you've got a whole bunch of cool stuff to hear. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. What, yeah. One other yeah, thing yeah. to plug in. This uh before we plug last plug in of Misty Nights, uh I just want to point out the Lion King casting dropped today. Oh yeah. I'm hey. sorry, Grace. Yeah. that no 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 i just you know because there's just like a lot of a blackness just oozing in that yep. cast so i just wanted to just drop that real quick and then we can you know roll out yeah yeah no definitely man shout out to everybody man you got donald glover beyonce of course james earl jones chiwetel alfred uh, alfred man you know it's just beautiful man 
Uh, they even got yeah, a few, actually, they even got a few choking whiteies. Yeah, you got John Oliver. I'm with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for it. John Oliver no, John, though is Zazu is so perfect. Oh my gosh, he is, like yeah. he embodies everything of, nah, of man, who yeah. Rowan Atkinson is. Like, yeah, yeah. I it's dig that, it. Dig it hard. It, it's good. It's good yeah, stuff. Really cool. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's a big big deal. I just want Beyonce, oh, I'm sorry, Nala, grown Nala, to sing <laughs> Kitty Cat to Simba when they meet up later, and I'll, I'll I saw transcend. you tweeting that. <laughs> I really want that. I just want that to happen. It'll be a capception, and I just won't be able to handle myself, so. Oh, God. <laughs> I need it. And then you got to have a, a music video with, with, with her and Donald Glover. <laughs> Kind of right, right. flashing back as lions in them. Yeah. Wearing that mask from Redbone. Oh, Lord. Oh, <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That soundtrack is going to be lit. It is. It yes. Is. That it and is. Black Panther soundtrack will be so Ooh. damn good. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. We are ready. Um, anybody seeing Thor this weekend? I'm seeing it tomorrow morning. I might. I'm seeing it yeah, might. Saturday. I don't have other plans, but I might check it out. I'm just I mean, I plan to check it out. I just don't know if it's going to be this weekend. But yeah. 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 Heard good things I'm about it, though. It. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've heard a lot of good things already. And yeah, shout out to Tessa. Yes. Yeah, that's why I'm going. I mean, to be real with y'all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although Mark Ruffalo did tweet out a picture of you know a TBT from him back in the day, and I say, okay, Thor, all right, all right, hoax smash, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, <laughs> who knew, right? I wasn't ready for that. I, I did not see it, but, but I, you I, gotta I'm go. Ready. You guys to go. If y'all haven't seen Mark Ruffalo's uh, Throwback Thursday picture, go just. They go treat yourself just for a moment. Okay, all right. To see what that, see what that's all about. <laughs> all right. Oh, and, and one last thing to the listeners: make sure on on Friday and Saturday night you stay tuned to um to Steph's Twitter feed because she's always <laughs> she's always she's, she is always putting out the bomb B movies. Uh, I've discovered some gems on there, so. Yeah, I have found the blacker side of Amazon Prime, and that is like my highlight. So yes, if you have Shout not out. watched, watch Plug Love. <laughs> my um, my side piece. My side piece. Oh, uh, the name. What is <laughs> married men and side chicks? Just <laughs> all of it. <laughs> I'm about to watch the thought process next, and it sounds. Wait, yeah, is that I'm, as in as in thought? T-H-O-T, that is sure is. Oh, no. Oh, no. See, I I assumed there was an O-U-G-H in there. (laughs) I I didn't even realize. Grace was on it. She knew. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, that's my... So, she'll give you you some movie recommendations. Yes. Definitely check it out. And, All right. Yeah. Okay. But definitely check out Black Girl Nerds. Check out the Lemonade podcast. Legola. You know everything. You know. All right. Yo. And shout, shout out to the incredible Black Comedy Chat audience who was like in full form tonight. Yeah. Yes. On for this, they were they were here for they were here for Misty Night. They were here for Black Comedy Chat. That's what's up. Yeah. Most of always them. showing the love. Yeah. Yep, thank yep. you. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Any any uh, any any last things you want to plug? Stephanie and Jamie? 
Uh, tune into our show next Wednesday. We're featuring Nubia. Ooh. Should be interesting. Be a good one. Oh, it's gonna yeah. be a good one, all right. No, y'all for real gotta tune in. Yeah, I was I was actually drinking during that. Yes, please tune in. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. I, I heard the the preview. <laughs> I heard the preview, so yeah, I'm I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Just check out Mqua Mqua Podcast MKUA Podcast dot com's website. And um, thank you guys for listening to us on this interview tonight. And yeah, I thank a you. lot of you guys that. Have been tweeting with us, our listeners of the podcast. So we appreciate your support last season and this season. And um, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Leon Grace, uh, where, where can people find you or what do you want to shout out? Uh, GBreezy20 on Twitter, Love Jones20 on the IG. That's where you can find me. And if you're in the ATL, you can come to my class as always. That's right. Yep. I'm, I'm uh, at Leonardo EFF on Twitter. You can find my writing on Black Girl Nerds on the regs. Uh, and yes. I'm also, uh, I also write for The Iranian, which is at Iranian.com. You can see a bunch of my writing there, too. And I'm on the Scream Squad again next week. Try and watch Stranger Things Season 2 along with us so that you can talk, you can hear us uh, yammer about it. But I'm on the Scream Squad with Chico Leo on the Fan Bros Network. And I love everybody. I love our Black Comedy Chat audience. Welcome, Tony. Uh, and yeah, this man, this is so, it's really like this, it's so much fun to have y'all on on the show. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I do got one last request of Leo because like I, I missed it. Like I didn't get my Valiant, you know, um, plug in. Oh, because I've I've been too like I I did a, I did some Valiant talk last week. I honestly have not caught up on Valiant because we did like a week we did an episode a week later. <laughs> so I have not caught up on Valiant this week. But we have a Black Comics Chat episode tomorrow. Right. Yeah. I will, and then that that will give us plenty of time for me to yammer about my love for balance. I shall follow up tomorrow. Okay. That'll be okay. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, everyone tune in tomorrow. Um, I always forget to you know shout out what I'm doing. So you can find me on Twitter at, at Marcus Kwame um, and MarcusKwame.com. You can check out my art and comic books. And uh, yeah, that's it. All right. So, yeah, check us out tomorrow, and everyone have a good night. And thank you, thank you, thank you, Black Comics audience, and thank you, Jamie and Steph. Thank you. Thank you. Great show. Thank you. All right, y'all. Peace, peace. Good night. Black Comics Chat.